Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. You're listening to On the Environment, a podcast series from the Yale Center for Environmental Law and Policy. For more information, visit the website at envirocenter.yale.edu. Hi there. My name is Rachel Lipstein, and I'm a research assistant at the Yale Center for Environmental Law and Policy. I'm here in the studio today with energy and environmental journalist Kate Galbraith. Kate has written for the Texas Tribune, the New York Times, and The Economist. She's the co-author of the recently released The Great Texas Wind Rush, a book about how the oil and gas state won the race to wind power. Kate, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, let's dive right in. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, And first, how did you find your way into environmental journalism? Huh, that's a funny question. It's been sort of a a long road. I actually started out uh, when I was an undergrad in college writing for Travel Guides, the Let's Go Travel Guide series. If uh, anyone remembers those. And then when I graduated, couldn't do that, did Lonely Planet um, Travel Guides. That's for grown-ups, I guess. And then, But I wanted to do something more substantive. And one way and another, I landed in Texas in uh, 2006 as the uh, 2005 as the Southwest correspondent for The Economist, and I sort of had really never set foot in Texas before, apart from the uh, Houston airport, where I do remember a guy in a cowboy hat. And then I, one of my first stories was, whoa, Texas is passing California in wind power. And so that, that story really just stuck with me, and I thought, wow, this, this green energy thing is really, really interesting. And um, I've had a, a couple different uh, jobs since then, but I've needed to cover green energy and found it very fascinating. Wow, that is fascinating. How, how did you land as the Southwest correspondent without having previously gone there before or spent much uh, time? Yeah, I, I worked in London for The Economist uh, for five or six years, sort of in the early early 2000s, and then... I asked them, could I please go home? By home, I meant the United States. And they were like, okay, go to Texas. Um, <laughs> so I went to Texas. That's great. And you recently just made a big transition, right, from several years reporting on energy and environmental issues in Texas to a new landscape. Well, how does it feel to have made the move to California? It was very, um, you know, California is a, a wonderful state, but I, I definitely miss Texas journalism. I mean, Texas is definitely... I think the number one place to be a journalist because the stuff that happens there is just sort of it's big, it's sometimes a little weird, and it's it's tremendously overlooked by the national press. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'd be happy to hear you say that. Is there a set of environmental concerns that you find unique to each state, or is the adaptation from from reporting state to state more subtle, if there's one at all? Yeah, well, the entire western United States is really facing some significant drought issues, whether you're in Mexico or California. And so there's certainly the water issues from, from state to state. I mean, in, in Texas, you look at a map of the United States uh, drought map, and it's just a very uh, red patch over parts of Texas, New Mexico, and so on. And so I think, you know, I covered water quite a lot when I was at the Texas Tribune and, you know, in California, which I'm I'm only a month into and I, I don't have a, a regular gig right now, but, uh, uh, you know, water issues are very significant there. But Texas is also a wonderful state to have covered because, you know, in terms of energy, it's, it's got everything, you know, you're fracking, that's Texas, you know, wind power, 
number one, got some, some biomass and, and all the various kinds of energy really are present in Texas, plus some interesting power grid issues. There are power grids in the country, east, west, and Texas, so that makes it fun. Hmm. And what does the field of environmental journalism look like today in your estimation? Well, honestly, I wish it were a little uh, stronger. I mean, maybe in the sense of just more environmental journalists. Uh, uh, you know, State Impact, the NPR uh, uh, branch, has started a program in, in Texas through energy environment. They have three reporters, and that's been neat. But to my way of thinking, you know, the energy environment field is so huge, particularly with the um, addition in the last uh, however many years of, of climate change, that there's just a huge or more energy environment journalists. But <laughs> that said, I'm sure if you talk to someone who's in education or immigration or anything like that, they'd say pretty much the same thing. Mm. That makes sense. And is there any advice that you would give to aspiring journalists? Well, to my way of thinking, there are stories everywhere you look. I I don't have a lot of, of uh, sort of understanding of, of reporters who kind of can't find stories. To me, that's really the, the most fun part of journalism is just getting out, talking to people, getting a little tip here and there, or hearing something out of the corner of your ear and sort of chasing after that story. And I think there's there's so much to do. And one other thing I really tried to do at the Texas Tribune, uh, not always successfully, was to avoid redundancy. I, I really felt like if the Associated Press did a great story on you know, how much oil and gas Texas was producing or X city running out of water, then I should go on and do do a different story because I wanted to really add to the general body of body of knowledge. And I, there's just so much out there and so many great stories. Every town has a story hmm. that I think there's it's just a really rich area. Were there any particular standout stories that you remember really enjoying the reporting you did for it? Oh, I always enjoyed doing uh, drought stories. I enjoyed going up to the Texas Panhandle, which is this very remote, also windy, uh, we'll get into that later, part of of Texas. And, you know, they've got real water issues with the Ogallala Aquifer declining. And, you know, I also, I did this really fun feature up there. I found some, uh, unrelated to water, but I found some guys who are called windmillers who fix the old water uh, windmills, those kind of whirly gigs that help settle the western plains, and they still, you know, ride around in their pickup trucks, you know, horse and, they did horse and buggy 100 years ago, now it's pickup trucks, and they, they actually just go up on these windmills and fix them, and, you know, the stories they tell and, and how their windmill business is being impacted by the addition of solar panels is all really, really interesting. Wow, yeah. Well, you've written for a number of publications, including magazines and newspapers. And are you conscious of the bent of your readership as you're reporting and writing stories? And does this influence how you decide to tell a story at all? Well, I'm always conscious of what my readers are probably interested in, and I'm conscious of what I think they ought to know. So it's a balancing act, like anywhere in journalism. I mean, for example, at the Texas Tribune, I notice that stories about X or Y town, you know, potentially running out of water is always of, of huge interest. 
Um, that would go up a most viewed list, as would stories about about fracking and fracking issues. But I can't just towns running out of water and fracking, although those are two areas. There's there's so much more to report. Um, you know, sort of uh, chemical plant issues, factory issues, um, et cetera, that, that doesn't quite garner the attention. And so you, it, it's a balancing act as, as in all journalism. Well, in the notes section of your book, you indicate that a great mass of the reported material came from work you and co-author Asher Price had already done. Did at some point the two of you reach a critical mass of wind power reportage to say, I think there's a book here? Or did it come from that initial story hearing about Texas surpassing California in, in wind power? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, basically, in 2006, I went out to West Texas, uh, and there was to do the story about Texas being about to pass California in wind power, and I visited with a wind farm in middle nowhere, et cetera, et cetera, and I just found it a fascinating story in that kind of never left me. I thought, wow, huh, the oil and gas state is doing wind power. And then I, I went to work in New York for a year and a half. I, I worked for the New York Times. And you know, while I was in New York, I, I still had this idea, but I knew that as a very junior reporter at the Times, there was no way I was going to get time off to, to go to Texas to do a book. And I reached out to Asher Price, my, my co-author, who I uh, know from often journalism circles. And he was is up for it, and so we we pursued the book from there. And of course, it was wind power is always a good subject to report on, and so there were plenty of stories to kind of go along with the deeper work we were doing. Plenty of daily stories. Yeah. Well, and if you could write another book right now, and I'm sure you're probably not thinking about that just yet, but. What's another research interest, or what? Uh, what's an ideal sort of story to cover for you next? Wow, what a question! Um, <laughs> I I have actually two very different uh, sort of book ideas. One one of which is actually uh, this is the more relevant one, so I'll, I'll tell you about it. It's you know I've been reporting on environmental issues for the past five years. You know, big issues a day: fracking, uh, water, renewable energy climate change, et cetera. And so I'd love to write a book theoretically on what I actually think about these issues, you know, what are the real issues with fracking um, and, you know, interlace it with some of the funny stories that I've encountered along my way of being a journalist, you know, so whether that will actually, you know, because as a journalist, one is an objective uh, reporter, but I used to work for The Economist. I haven't fully you know, I've got opinions. I just uh, uh, <laughs> suppress them myself. But at some point, I'd like to let some of that opinion and analysis out in one way or another. That sounds great. Well, thank you very much, Kate, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>